Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This week on The Kindness Project, we talk about Greek history facts, trolling Twitter, and we are joined by Chris Budd, author of Financial Wellbeing. You let me start? Welcome, my friends, to The Kindness Project. My friends, Romans and countrymen. I don't even know where that came from. Okay. Um... I'm joined by a man who likes to laugh at me for carrying boxes of sausage swizzlers. <laughs> What's a sausage swizzler? I don't know. Uh, it's right. Chris Dave. You were carrying a bag of turkey twizzlers earlier that's, on. That's, I thought that was Why, sausage swizzlers. I, now, now we, as a, as, a, as a household, we normally go quite healthy. But for some reason, a bag of turkey twizzlers has popped up. I thought they were sausage swizzlers. I don't know. What's a sausage swizzler? I think they're knockoff turkey, turkey twizzlers. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm joined by a girl who's got an interesting fact about Greece. Oh, you're going to share the interesting uh, fact. So t- tell us a little bit about your Grecian about, fact. About no day. About no day. About uh, the 28th of October. Yeah, um, they have a national holiday uh, called No Day, or Ochi Day, I think it is. That, now, that sounds Japanese, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, um, but it has something to do with the World War, and they said no to oncoming invaders, and then about <laughs> uh, about a, a couple of months later, they invaded anyway, um, and then they stayed occupied from 1940 to 1944. There you go, history. Yeah. And some what? museums classify it as a national holiday and give you free entry on that day including the Byzantine Museum in the largest the second largest city in Greece. Welcome to uh, the Greek <laughs> Facts History Podcast with Charlotte Ames. Um, I, I, I was doing research uh, on the Byzantine Museum. Okay, fair enough. So we know yeah. we know some facts about Greece. What else is going on in your life at the minute? Exams. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any exams about the Byzantine Museum? No. Oh, that, that would have been quite useful, seeing as you've been doing loads of research on it. It was it? for my article for this week. Yeah. Yeah, I was doing uh, landmarks. Uh, Check out Charlotte's website, www.charlottedames.com. Uh, on Twitter, she's at Holla Charlotte. No. No. At, <laughs> at Charlotte J. Dames. Yes. Um, and she is a bona fide Twitter troll because she has been, every time I put a tweet out there, um, somebody, somebody comments. I've done it twice. <laughs> and it was one on a picture of a sunset. And I put a picture no, you know because what? it was a picture of yeah. you that I took of but you the, taking the, the picture of the sunset. But the reason the reason that I say you're a Twitter troll. Twi- Twitter troll? <laughs> what <laughs> is a Twitter troll? Is that a sausage twizzler? Um, <laughs> is that a new name for a sausage twizzler? The Twitter troll? Um, uh, I've lost my train of thought. No, the um, the reason I say you're a Twitter troll is because you are so lovely. You wouldn't actually put anything troll-like on Twitter. Just sort of like sort of we have teasing your dad, bantering with your dad is is part of the thing. You d- you don't like that I call you old man, but you have to accept that it's actually a term of endearment. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, uh, I did have some scheduled topics for today. Okay, we'll talk about topics in a minute. But what I want to do is just give a big shout out to Serena, um, who. Um, who came on we've literally just interviewed Serena uh, her interview and the work she does at the uh, hygiene bank are both amazing um, uh, and that interview is going to be on in a couple of months time but um, thank you Serena we really appreciate yes. you coming on we really had a 
amazing laugh um, and uh, really enjoyed it. Although I may be banned from my local boots. You have to what? what find out more next listen. time. <laughs> that was a teaser. You have to find out more. Next time on The Kindness Project. <laughs> right, so what else are we talking <laughs> right, about? Right, right, okay. Uh, I for some reason closed my laptop when all of my information is on here. Now they, they, this is what they call dead air. I don't know how okay, I meant okay. to fill it. Bridges. <laughs> Right. <laughs> what do you like about Bridges? <laughs> I know we're 100 episodes in, but have we got that desperate? Yeah, I what do we like about Bridges? No, me and Soph are having a conversation about Bridges when I wrote it. So I put Bridges because it was fun when me and Soph were talking about All right, about what do you like about Bridges? bridges? They're tall <laughs> and they <laughs> They're tall, yeah, go on. Well, they help you cross water and... They are, they, they are marvels. Sorry, Captain Obvious. <laughs> and, and they are marvels of architectural design. What's your favourite bridge? <laughs> I mean, weirdly, we got part two of... Um, uh, where have you gone? We've got, we've got part two of Chris Budd's interview uh, this week, and he's from Bristol. And Bristol's got a good bridge, the Clifton Suspension Bridge. Welcome to World War History and the Bridges podcast. <laughs> what is going on? Why, why did you make me talk about bridges? About, well, we, can, no. we can move on. We can move on. No. I have two more topics. No, well, no, 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 no. What's your favourite bridge? <laughs> um, all of them in London. The ones we walked across. You know, the ten of them. Well, we actually walked eleven on the two years that we did it because we made the mistake of doing it wrong the first time. <laughs> we went the wrong way. <laughs> we went the wrong yeah. way. But all of them were pretty nice, yeah. You know what? When you talk about London bridges, Tower Bridge has got to mm. be the boss. You know, Tower Bridge is an amazing bridge. London it's Bridge... It's a bridge for a tower. Yeah, What's it, up the line? It's, and, it's especially and, tall. Well, and the other thing is as well, um, you can go to the top of um, Tower Bridge and they've got a glass walkway and you can see below. It's amazing. If you're, if you're ever in London, check per- out Tower Bridge. Perks of Tower Bridge. It goes over water and it's especially tall and it is a marvel of architectural design. All right, so we've done bridges. <laughs> right, vegetables. Oh. <laughs> At this point, I got bored and just used the right Can I just say, she, Charlotte's actually done research for this. She's actually like looked it up and gone, right, what am I talking about? Bridges and vegetables. If by research you mean a random word generator and then <laughs> adjusting the words to fit the topic right. because I didn't think talking about aubergines was okay. going to be... So let, let, me, let me give you my vegetable um, theory, okay? Legumes. S- <laughs> vegetable theory. So, so you, you've like... I, every time on this podcast, you just say random words and it puts me off. So let, let me give you legumes. Let me give you my vegetable theory. Spinach is the most underrated vegetable. And please tell me, spinach is a vegetable. I don't know. I don't know that much about vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> so, so sorry, you put vegetables as a topic. I told you, I. Aubergines was going to be boring, so right. I just said vegetables in general. Right, so give us a general vegetable um, discussion point. Tomatoes. Vegetables yeah. or fruits? Trick question. They are fruits in the vegetable category. Right, so we've done bridging the vegetables. What's next? Uh, retro, because I bought that DS and you told me it was retro because... Apparently, okay. it was from my childhood. So here's an unofficial question of the podcast: How long, far, how far back has something got to be to be retro? Because I suppose, like, the DS is retro to you, and no. I think it, no, that's my childhood. 
childhoods. But that is retro, isn't it? Something from your childhood. When I say childhood, I mean like eight years ago. <laughs> yeah, I wish my childhood was eight years ago. So now, okay. after, talk- okay. after, after, it will be eventually. after talking about vegetables and bridges, I feel like I'm aging like, as time goes Don't by. Don't worry, this is my last topic for you. <laughs> Good. <laughs> for uh, this week, I've got yeah. three more for next and, week and that we make do, even less we sense. We do, we do. <laughs> <laughs> we do less sense than bridges uh, and vegetables. You, you want me to cite frogs, Egypt, obsolete careers? Okay, I, I actually like obsolete careers as a topic. Yeah, I was I was thinking about blacksmiths. Yeah, and I got bored, so I put obsolete careers on the yeah, list. Yeah, cobblers. You don't see that many cobblers knocking about, do you? I don't even know what a cobbler is. You don't know what a cobbler is. No, it's is. making me think of peaches. No, it's um, it's a uh, guy with repair shoes, cobbler. Oh. Yeah. Like the little mouth with the little elves. <laughs> I've never seen a couple of with elves <laughs> um, in real life. Anyway, that's our topics uh, <laughs> for done for, for next week. Yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll be talking about cobblers and talking cobblers probably, um, definitely. <laughs> anyway, on that note, uh, can you let people know where they can get in touch with us after you tell them the question of the week? Oh, question of the week. Podcast. What? Podcast question of the week is: What is your most ambitious goal in twenty twenty? Now we're in 2021 now, um, but um, and and actually, uh, as we sit here today, we're still in lockdown. But the reality is that um, we've all got aspirations to do stuff in 2021. What is your most ambitious goal of 2021? Shoot me. Um, pass my exams for the because um, because I didn't sit GCSEs. The school was like, yeah. We need you to sit exams before you sit your A-levels, so we're doing the AS exams, except we're not sitting them now because the government's decided this year we're not doing exams either. Um, so hopefully I will be passing my ASs from the comfort and stress location of my own home. Yeah, maybe. And and I, I've, I'm i probably going to be doing an exam from the comfort of my own home in February as well. Oh, yeah, I've um, got exams. My, my biggest ambition is to actually do the London Marathon in October. Mm. So I'm hoping that that gets done. And I'm, I'm just doing me... Uh, I'm just doing me 2021 planning at the minute. So uh, there was probably going to be a few more goals on there. I'd love, I'd absolutely love to get the Kindage Project to 100,000 downloads. That would be that would be an aspiration. Four weeks to go. Well, yeah, four well, weeks to no, go. Thirty odd. So so we, we'll we'll get there. Um, hopefully this year, um, and we will get to the hundred thousand download mark. We we will really we really enjoy doing that. Can you? So what, listeners? Let us know what your uh, ambitious goal is. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, and um, yeah, as always, uh, let us know. So. Where can people let us know? Okay, oh, that's the wrong website. <laughs> uh, that's for the kindness news. Right. Please stop staring at my laptop; it's distracting. Um, so Twitter <laughs> at all the kindness, Facebook the kindness project. Just type it into the search bar. It's sort of magic. I don't know how it works. <laughs> um, it's the whole. It's the whole of the internet magic. It yes. is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, so. I don't know how it works. I just yeah. type in it, it goes. Um, uh, and you can find us respectively on Twitter at Chris Dames. Uh, yeah, at Chris Dames, C-H-R-I-S-D-A-E-M-S. And at Charlotte, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, at Charlotte J. Dames, C-H-A-R-L-O-T-T-E-J-D-A-E-M-S. Uh, That's a lot Instagram? more letters. You're on Instagram? Uh, I am, but I'm not giving it away. Okay. Uh, MySpace? I wish. 
Um, that, Simpler times. That new right wing one that, that people banned on Twitter were jumping on. You on that one? <laughs> no, no, no. So uh, that's all right. I, um, I think we missed the website and the email. Uh, and the website is www.kindness. Uh, uh, the the kindness project dot co dot uk and the email is ola at the kindness project dot with an co dot uk remember with an H. okay I understand I already said it holla at the kindness project dot co uk I'm having a meltdown. Um, anyway, it's bound to come one of these days. On on air meltdown. And on that note, should we move on? Yes. It's kindness news. Oh, kindness news. Righto. Um, once again this week, I don't have a coherent story system. Uh, I just went on Good News Network and I just picked the stories that appealed to me. It's it's random edition this week, clearly. Again, for like the fourth or fifth time. Ex-wife of Amazon CEO was given away four billion in the last four months. This is an old story from last year. And when I say last year, I mean last December. Uh, To help those affected by the pandemic. Mackenzie Scott, who was married to Amazon founder Jeff Bezos for 25 years, has donated more than four billion in the past past four months to hundreds. Were you going to say the past four months? Yeah, I've been doing it all week. I was doing I was doing um, one of my classes, and I had to write male role models, and I instead wrote male role models. Male role models. What is a male role model? I, I mean, that is a, it's an interesting concept. Don't know. Um, organizations and charities, in particular, food banks and emergency relief funds across the U.S. Uh, a month after a divorce from the world's richest man, Scott signed the Giving Pledge. An initiative sparked by Bill Gates and Warren Buffett a decade ago. A promise to give away her billions until the safe is empty. This July, she began... Last July. <laughs> have to adapt that. Last July, she began making good in her promise, with GNN reporting that she had already donated £1.7 of her £60 billion fortune. Fortune to 116 charities. Sorry, I tried to do quick maths yeah. then, and then so, I remembered so I wasn't billions, good at it. So the, the divorcee of Jeff Bezos... Mm. What's her name? Um, Mackenzie Scott. Mackenzie Scott is giving away the, like a massive chunk of money mm-hmm. to loads and loads of charities for the pandemic. Yeah. What's your next story? Uh, community gives new car to Maui security guard who rode his bike to strangers' doors to ret- door to return lost wallet. Okay. We've all heard of an aha moment when something confusing suddenly makes sense or a brilliant idea shows up out of the blue. Well, it seems in Hawaii that that's something that's also something known as an aloha moment, an occasion that offers the opportunity to bestow an act of love or kindness. I see. You know what? As a concept, that's an amazing name. The aloha moment. Mm-hmm. Love that. Chloe Marino was shopping at Kahului. I was reading it in my head when I was reading over this story, but saying it out loud sounds weird. Mm. Anyway, Hawaii supermarket with her five-month-old son. As sometimes happened, she got distracted and accidentally left her wallet behind. Luckily, the wallet was spotted by Eagle Eye store security guard, Ina Townsend. That's a nice name. Who volunteered to return it to its owner after a shift. Not having a car, the plucky 22-year-old took it upon himself to bicycle for nearly an hour up three hills in the dark to the 
the, to the Marino's door. Chloe, who didn't even realise she'd misplaced her wallet, was blown away by Townsend's determination, as well as his willingness to help out a total stranger. Amazing. Her husband, it. Gray, was so impressed that he posted an account of Townsend's good deed to his Facebook page, and one reader was so moved that she started a GoFundMe page campaign after learning Ana's story. And it's interesting, isn't it? That, Go, uh, that GoFundMe is a really direct way that you can support people. I love it. And when, what he, he bought a car with a brown On New Year's Eve, the friends and family of Ana and Gray gra- gathered at a local car dealership and presented a brand new automobile to the Townsend family after collecting 25000 in a lower donation. Amazing. Love it. Yeah, that's that's such good news for somebody who's, who's doing great work. And have you got one more? I've got one more. Okay. Green-thumbed gra- man grows plant worth $15,000 per leaf inspired by grandmother's is love. This, is this <laughs> is this plant made of gold? <laughs> Uh, a green, green thumbed grit. <laughs> a green thumbs. Yeah, you, you've done it again. A green thumbed grit. <laughs> a green thumbed Brit has grown uh, the ultimate collection of houseplants, including a species worth fifteen thousand five hundred a leaf. Thirty-year-old Tony LeBritton turned his lounge into a jungle and transformed his spare room into an incredible greenhouse to nurture his passion. He has collected some of the world's rarest plants, including one previously thought to be extinct. And Tony from Gloucestershire, England, is now hawking the leaves of another rare species for thousands of dollars per leaf to eager collectors. He's not only good at grooming plants, he is a top hair and beauty photographer professionally. His prized his prize possession, that'd be <laughs> the Raphidophora tetris, the most valuable species in this collection. Um, so what's the story then? What's he doing with the plant? He's selling the leaves. Oh, cool. Yeah. And it's inspired by his grandparents' yeah. love. Love it. Ah, Tony credits his interest in plants with his grandparents who would take him to their garden when he was a small boy. He also remembers sitting at his grandmother's feet and watching the popular BBC television show Gardener's World. <laughs> Tony said his grandmother, Cora, was known in the local area for a plant collection, which he has tried to emulate. And clearly he's doing an amazing job. So that's amazing news. Thank you, Charlotte, for that edition of Gardener's News. On that note, we are going to get to our second part of our interview with Mr. Christopher Budd. Um, Chris is super insightful. We talk about all aspects of well-being um, and how to live a life that um, is happy, uh, uh, whatever that means for you. You get definite insight from our conversation with Chris. Enjoy. Um, yeah. so- I, I have a few people who, um, uh, because I've, I've been on Twitter for quite a long time, and occasionally you get somebody who's just starting and they say, hey, what would be your tip for, for a social media policy? And I have a very, very simple social media policy. Don't be a dick. Yep. That's it. Yeah, agrees. Yeah, agrees. Do anything you like, just don't be a dick. Well, my, the other, sorry, go on. My, my big one is assume that you're never going to change somebody's mind on Twitter ever. <laughs> Because, <laughs> again, I don't, uh, weirdly, I think social media is amazing, but it's not the, it's not the medium for engaged, nuanced debate. Um, so I, I, I've, I, I used to think I could pretend I could change people's mind on it, but you definitely can't. <laughs> 
So, so just back to that, because um, I strayed us off a little bit from to that book. Number four is I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Yeah, yeah. And uh, for me, that is the biggest thing in life. I mean, there's lots of studies. Uh, the great one is the Harvard study on happiness, which uh, which you can Google, which is just mind blowing. But it's the, there are five areas of well-being. Okay, this is according to Gallup polls that a really good book called Wellbeing. There are five parts to well-being. They are career, social, financial, physical, and community. Yeah. And what is absolutely crucial to understand is that it's not about which one of those is most or less important. It's getting the balance it's about right. How they all work together. Yeah, gotcha. No, I agree. I agree. It's the independence of those five areas of well-being that we need to build on at the same time. You, if you have, for example, I don't know, a massive financial and career well-being, because you're doing a really high-paid job, you're a high-flyer and getting paid loads of money, but you've got no friends and your family hates you because you're yeah. never at home, you haven't got well-being. Yeah, agreed. So it's about having those five in balance, and uh, I think we could learn more from that on a community, on a, on a governmental level, um, that it's not all about growth, it's all about GDP, it's about those five areas building in balance. And the, and the interest thing is there's always as you said uh, it, it there's always an element of imbalance but it's just being conscious of that and trying to get the balance back um, yeah, in, yeah, in a, absolutely. I, you know what if I'm if I'm being perfectly frank I last couple of years and this is something I've been thinking about quite a lot I've probably been a bit of a rubbish friend so I've been a good dad business is fine economically fine all, all good in that but then you you have conversations like this and you go you know what there's always gaps and 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 being conscious of those gaps and doing something about it is is the key isn't it um it it is and i think you've nailed it there chris it's about being conscious of the gaps know thyself yeah yeah. and that's not a one-off event yeah 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 that know thyself is an ongoing process forever and ever and ever um somebody like me i probably go over a bit too much too often but um it's all about uh working out what you want from life yeah and spending money on that uh, and, and keep doing it keep doing it keep working it out yeah. I guess if I I'm going to I will re, uh, respond with my own honesty Chris there's one area of my life that I find frustrating is that my friends are rubbish um, at going out yeah go so to. I, I live in a village and in my village the local pub is half empty most of the week yeah and I wish I could I, there's nothing makes me happy than just going to the pub for a pint or two in the middle of the week with a couple of mates and having a yak. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's an area of my life that I continually work on. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Talk, talk to me about, I mean, it's interesting when you talked about the experience you went through uh, uh, when you had your um, you had your muzzy head. What, what got you to the point where you asked for help? I think... There are, okay, massive generalisation clacks, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I think there are two types of people in life. Um, can I can I ask our editor Russell just to put the sound effect on in post? Just that we need we need a klaxon in our life, Russ. So if you want to <laughs> if you want to add that for Chris's benefit, that's fine. <laughs> we'll do our own klaxon. It's all good. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, generalisation klaxon. So uh, there are two types of people in life. When you are criticised, do you A, assume the other person is an idiot 
and how dare they criticize you or do you be immediately criticize yourself and think that you're a terrible person yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I i came across this recently uh <laughs> i definitely won't name the person but um i tried to give some feedback to somebody and i tried to make it as positive possible honestly i did yeah in a very appreciative inquiry way but they immediately got defensive Gotcha. And the next day, they apologized and said, actually, I think you probably had a reasonably good point, but I wasn't really receptive to it at the time, and I reacted badly, you know. Mm. Um, I am the sort of person that if I get some criticized, I immediately criticize, I immediately go quiet and go away and work out how I could have been such a complete idiot as to have yeah. everything so there, there are there are There are variations on that. That is a spectrum, <laughs> Chris. You haven't got to go and beat yourself up for three days to, to do that. You do realize that. I I, I, but I am at, at that end of the spectrum. Okay. So actually, for me, asking for help is very, very easy because I'm always assuming that I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that I'm an idiot and I haven't understood it properly. So um, I'm constantly checking myself. So, so yeah, when, it, when, it, when I sat there and, and I go into the GP in itself, was asking for help. Um, when I realized that that questionnaire was no good, uh, I, I had to find out other ways to work out where things were going wrong for me. And, and as we're, as we're talking books, sorry to interrupt, mate, I'll let you finish it, but as we're talking books, um, there was a, um, there was a, uh, a, a book called Lost Horizons a few years ago, but written by a guy called Joanne Hari. He's a journalist who, um, funny enough, went through a similar situation, had a muzzy head, and uh, uh, they, his doctor put him on antidepressants for years and then realised that what he actually needed was a sense of community and happiness and all of these things we've been talking about to fill some of the gaps in his life. Um, uh, but how do you know, I suppose... I, I suppose how do you know you're asking for help from the right person? Because sometimes you could argue that your GP might not be that person if it's a mental health issue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm sorry to be repetitive. It's know thyself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's about... Look, there are people who are happy. Yeah. Um, Buddhists are pretty happy. I think that if, if you if you would uh, um, if you were to do a the old quiz program, we ask a hundred people in the audience which sort of people are happy. Buddhists would often come up as the most quoted, wouldn't they, at being happy? I'd say um, so. Yeah. I, I, look, I've also got some experience where um, people with terminal illness can often be quite happy. Yeah. 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 Um, I had one particular friend uh, who had a terminal illness, and they obviously in the past tense, because he died. Uh, and he was achingly happy, I mean painfully happy. Yeah. Um, in fact, he used to do this thing at parties, which was hilarious. It was always mean of him, because um, he'd have an oxygen um, tank by his side, right. and the tubes go into his nose. And you'd say, Dave, this is Bill. Bill, this is Dave. And they go, hi, Bill. Hey, tell me, are you happy? Yeah. <laughs> How'd yeah. you answer that question? Yeah, exactly. When you first met somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are yeah. you happy? Well, yeah. I, I don't know. I didn't, they look at his yeah. tank and they go, well, how do I answer that? You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, literally, that is putting somebody on the spot. Like, for, could, could you, there are you, people who are happy. But, you, you, know, but right? you know what's interesting about that, right? Sorry, okay. sorry, Chris, just, just if I may... If I, 
if there are people that are happy, that means it's possible to do. True. But I, 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 tell, you, I tell you what's interesting about the point you just made. I think part of that is... Um, uh, if you, you're saying you look at your mate with his oxygen tank and there's an element of uh, I think gratitude makes you happy and thankfulness makes you happy as well right so so maybe putting people on the spot is the right thing to do because <laughs> it gives them a bit of a mental check they go oh actually I'm, I'm, I'm not dying so I'm, I'm sort of well, what was his validation for asking did you ever ask him what, what, did he just like winding people up <laughs> No, yeah. because he was happy and yeah. he just wanted to share his happiness. Okay, how about this? How about this, Chris? What if you were actually happy all along and you never knew it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. Imagine, imagine getting to a point of a diagnosis of something terrible and then going, I need to make all these changes to my life. Actually, I don't. Yeah, I'm relaxed. Yeah. I have all the things that I wanted and I just never realised it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was so busy paying attention to all the noise and all the crap telling me I'm not happy. Yeah, true, true. And it, so so here's, a, here's a thing. You will have come across this as well. In all the years that I have been um, a financial planner or was a financial planner, the one common thing was I noticed that when you got to the stage of being able to tell somebody you actually have all the money to do all the things you want, mm-hmm. right? And if you've able to do that a few times, it, it takes a lot of time to help people work out what they want. But when you get to that, and you do the forecasting and the planning and the coaching, and you say, you actually have all the money to do all the things you want. What are you going to do now? The next thing they do, nine times out of 10, is they say, I'd like to help somebody else. Yeah. And that comes back to our bit at the beginning, that kindness is selfish. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So help me understand what you do in your life in terms of that. I mean, I know your wife um, is a cancer nurse, isn't she? Yes, she is, yeah. So her career is helping other people. How did she, did she, was part of her going into that career because she wanted to help? Yeah, completely, mm. absolutely. And actually, the, one of the ways in which she's so good, she gives the chemo, um, she's quite well qualified, but one of the ways that she's, she's very well qualified, one of the ways that she's really good is she listens. Yeah. She listens to people and she gives them time. Mm. Um, all the proceeds from my financial wellbeing will go to a charity called the uh, Penny Bron, B-R-O-H-N, Penny Bron Cancer Centre. Yeah. And they're all about supporting people who have cancer because our bodies are hardwired to mend themselves. Yeah. It's only what we do to them that stops that from happening. Yeah, yeah. We have cells within us that go around gobbling up the cancer cells. There's an extraordinary bit of video footage which actually shows these cells going up to a cancer cells, cutting it up and eating it, right? Yep, yeah, yeah. So what we should be doing is increasing our resilience in order that our bodies can help fight the cancer itself. Now, that's not saying instead of conventional medicine, it's nothing like that, but it's supportive. Mm. Um, actually, in some, there have been many examples of people who do do it instead of, but that's not necessarily what one would advise. But it means it can, we can increase our chances by looking after ourselves. And that can be nutrition, that can be health, it can be exercise. But it is also being happy, and it's also about helping other people. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the way that it makes us happy. It's a selfish and it's an acceptable selfish thing to do. 
Yeah, you know what? It's really interesting. When I'm doing research for the book, one of the things that I've been looking at is what the NHS prescribe to um, to aid well-being. I don't know if you've seen this, because the NHS has got five steps to mental well-being. Um, it's on their, on their website. And again, it's a lot of the stuff we've talked about. Connect with other people, uh, be active, keep learning, give to others, and be mindful. But that, that gives to others is an intrinsic intrinsic part of our well-being you know how are you helping other people in the world um live live their lives in a better way i think it's fundamental um but yeah and so so if we, we come on to what what might be a suitable way of closing this conversation because if you put this whole conversation out live on your on your podcast it'll about an hour the poor bloke of yeah. people um but it's two of them which comes to my my granny right my my little old little old granny um four foot six big white afro <laughs> she was crazy and um when she was 82 she uh, there was this thing called the sunshine coach right. i don't know if the sunshine coach or sunshine tours that exist but it's tours for old people and uh she she would go down and help out my dad would say say to her mum what are you doing tomorrow i said I'm, I'm helping out i'm helping out with the old people at the sunshine coach they were all in their 70s she was 82 yeah yeah but she would say i'm helping out with the old people yeah and but that's a state of mind thing isn't it she's clearly done she's clearly sort of not aged her in her own head she wants to help out yeah uh, but the thing is it gave and this is this is the word to perhaps just summarize all this up chris it gave her purpose yeah agreed agreed and that is the thing you know your your brilliant podcast that has touched so many people gives you purpose yeah yeah i love it my my financial well-being stuff gives me purpose my helping other companies funny enough ironically the employee ownership thing and succession planning is all about trying to get companies to realize what the company purpose is and align it with the purpose of the employee and that's a big part so actually purpose has overtaken well-being it's my it's my buzzword <laughs> but, but interestingly chris that a lot of the conversations i'm having with clients at the minute is about purpose because they're getting to a point where they know they're never going to run out of money again and they're saying what's next do you know if i if money's not my driver anymore what is my driver and the driver has got to be purpose right the driver is what defines my life in a way that's going to be meaningful to me know thyself yeah and yeah. Um, the tip I would give to people there who are going through this those lucky enough who are of a financial position to be able to be thinking like that and by the way that's a lot more people than realise they are yeah 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 because money doesn't make us happy yeah yeah anyway um the big tip I would give is the purpose is it's not for example it's not travel yeah. Um, a lot of people say when I retire I'm looking forward to going travelling well that's great and, and an enjoyable thing to do but that doesn't give you purpose that doesn't give you meaning yeah, yeah. so find something that gives you well-being by what it is going to achieve um, as uh, David Heimer says uh, uh, meaning is what is, is how you spend your day purpose is what gets you out of bed in the yeah gotcha yeah that's that's powerful actually that's really good I like that um, right that is amazing and a really good way to finish the podcast but we never ever let a guest go without asking them some of our famous questions of the podcast so I'm going to pick a few random 
one's quiz and you're going to tell them what the answer is. So these aren't kindness related, they're absolutely random. So we'll, uh, we'll give it a go with the first one, which is if you could steal one skill from one of your parents, what would it be? My mum was a marriage guidance counsellor. Okay. Um, for a while, I, I don't know what specific skill that would have needed, but I suspect I don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably a bit of coaching in there. I mean, certainly. What's the? Um, give me, give me a top piece of advice you have ever received. Uh, oh, you could have given me these in advance. I could have come up with some better answers. Um, top bit of advice I've ever received. Can I just slightly change it? And, uh, there was a book that changed my life, which kind of gave me advice, but it wasn't directly, which was a book called The Long Walk. Okay. By a guy called Slavomir Rabic, about a Polish war officer, a true story of a guy who, um, who escapes from uh, a Siberian camp right. and, and then walks with a few other people across the Gobi Desert. And not a spoiler alert, because he wrote the book, yeah. uh, he, he survives, but it's an incredible story. And um, there's a moment where I was sat on Rains Park train station in London and I was in a miserable job drinking too much hating my, my, my work and um, I finished this book and I sat at the train station and in floods of tears and I just thought what am I doing doing with my life this guy, yeah. this guy can do this you know so yeah. the bit of advice was um, don't just sit around waiting for something to happen to you yeah um, make it happen you know, don't, don't be so. passive with your own life right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I found a movie-related one, Chris, you'd be pleased to know. So so what's the worst movie you've ever seen? <laughs> well, there's a lot of those, aren't there? I saw one recently, which I don't like to say bad things about people. No, I know. Because uh, everybody tries to put a lot of work and effort in to make, to make films. Agreed. Um, I, su- I suspect Sex and the City 2 would be pretty terrible if I bothered yeah, to I mean, that's, that's not my scene. <laughs> I mean, as, a, as an optimist and somebody who likes to stay positive... I'm with you with that. I mean, as you say... I find that such a hard question to answer because, well, I wouldn't watch it if it was bad. Well, well, I I feel that way. I completely appreciate that. Um, I've got one exception to that. Nicolas Cage. Right, Nicolas Cage is just one of the worst actors I've ever seen in my life. Um, so I, I'm going to give you an answer to 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 your worst movie that I did always I did watch all the way through, and this is a movie that makes me angry, physically angry, which is Wolf of Wall Street. Ah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. It's a film that celebrates excess and wealth, yeah. and uh, it's the sort of noise that we were talking about. Yeah, uh, it's, the, it's the sort of film that makes people think that they need to be like that to be happy. Well, uh, that, you uh, know what? You know what? I'd put this same boat as that the apprentice at the moment because no, it's like it, it's it's like what well, hold on is that what you really think you need to behave like to run a successful business because uh, yeah it's just it's just weird it's just weird tell me your um tell me your funniest travel story <laughs> i can't <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I bet your third fan is, because I've got a feeling one and two are going to be... Uh, OK, no, here's, here's one for you. Because I, I, I know... I know you, and if you want to play it, Chris, you can do that. If you had your own intro music, what song would you choose? Can this come across? Tune on guitar first is what I do. Yeah. Um, my own intro music would be uh, uh, my my happiest, cheerfulest music is "Love Cliche" by a band called Brown Band Three Thousand. Okay. Just every time it starts to play, it makes me smile. Okay. Um, and uh, I don't know that song, so I'm, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be Spotifying that when I finish. What's the most childish thing you still do? So my one is with Sophie's got a trampoline in our back garden and on a regular basis you'll still see me out jumping on that trampoline. What's yours? Uh, when I wear my socks in the kitchen and I go to the um, go to the fridge and I have to turn around, I push myself off and I swivel on my back heel. <laughs> And I'm just going to take it until the very last moment and then I just casually land and I move. And I'm very proud that I can get the level of strength exactly right Still to make swivel all the way around the kitchen on my heels. Amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm trying that tonight. And if you could fly for one... Uh, no, no, I'm going to give you a different one, actually. Let me try this one. Um, Joe, while you're looking, there's a great line from somebody I heard years ago who was lying in bed with his wife. And his wife said, tell me, do you love me? And he looked her in the eyes and said, ask me what I've export. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, and what, what, I've, I've got, uh, we've not asked this question yet. I've got on here, what summer song would you add to your playlist? But actually, let's mix it up a bit now the weather's turning a bit. What's your favourite winter song? So, a song called Mississippi okay. by John Phillips. John Phillips was the singer-songwriter for the Mamas and the Papas, and then her solo album he did in the 70s There's a song called Mississippi, which is uh, would be my be my uplifting, my uplifting, cheerful song. Amazing. And last one, what would be your ideal GPS voice? Who would you have on your sat-nav? There's a lady on, um, well, this is going to be a bit revealing. Uh, the, the <laughs> Prince does uh, his last, Prince's last few albums. I love my music. Prince's yeah. last few albums were brilliant. Um, and there was one of them, which I think was Artificial Age, uh, where he had a lady uh, who was reviving him from, and she was quite a posh English voice. Okay. Uh, I confess that kind of did something to me, so she can do it. Amazing. Good stuff. Um, and last uh, last couple of questions. Um, tell us what's keep going until you get an answer you like. <laughs> Listen, mate, mate, I've got 93 of these. We we are we are 90 odd podcasts in, so I've got plenty. So I'm only I'm literally picking a selection. Um tell us a little bit about what's next for you. Well, the uh, Institute of Financial Wellbeing um, yeah. has just, uh, we've just announced the intention of, of creating that. Unfortunately, yeah. it's called it the Initiative of Financial Wellbeing because we can't use the word institute until the government say we can. Okay. Um, but that was uh, put out to all financial planners and advisors and said, anybody want to get in, involved in this? And I thought we might have 30 or 40 people and we might have a little club. And mm. so far, I've had 380 Amazing. firms say they want to get involved. 
involved. Yeah. I think there is a real, well, I'll try and avoid the word zeitgeist, but there is a real buzz, a real feeling at the moment, especially in financial services, that, that what's the point of all this money? Yeah. Um, you know, we're hurtling towards the end of humanity as we know it. But uh, a, there's a fantastic cartoon, Chris, I'll just share with you, um, which is of this guy sitting around a campfire and he's in rags and behind you can see there's been Armageddon and there's two children sitting listening to him. And the guy saying to the two kids, yeah, but for a while there, we really added to shareholder value. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, it- I love that cartoon and I think there's a realisation that there's a bit more to life than accumulation of wealth so um, the Institute of Financial Wellbeing is taking up a huge amount of time to get it going but there's lots of people volunteering to get involved so hopefully that will become a real force for good and then on the um, succession planning side I'm speaking to literally hundreds of business owners about how they can sell their businesses in a way that will be meaningful and give them uh, a reasonable amount of money for their exit as well so um, yeah those two things are giving me extremely busy at the moment cool well good and where where can people find out a little bit more about you online so they can if they're interested in the institute it's um uh, members at ifw.org.uk yeah if anybody's interested in succession planning then the eternal business.com is okay. the place to look or type my name into um, amazon and you'll see my books and novels are all on there amazing thanks chris really great to talk to you mate real pleasure thanks for having me cheers right let me turn, turn this off uh just bear with me so that was good wasn't it that was good that was good Shall we get to the end of the show? Can I do, do the thing? Do Can it. Do the thing. Right out. up. Out of my shop. I've got to leave. Go on in. Tis the end of another podcast. Can I come back in now? Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Um, I had to leave the shop. Well, to... usually when we're doing this, we're sitting down. Um, and I, I'm not... You want to make use of the space, I'm don't not you? rude enough to push you away. Yeah. But now I can just go, can you... Can you... Yeah. Can you back off, bucko? <laughs> bucko. Oh God, that would be on Twitter later as a as a as, a, as an bucko. insult. Back off, bucko. If you if you tweet that to me at any point over the next week, back off, bucko. I'll do it next Saturday. Insult of the week. Well, that could be a new segment for the kindness project. I do have a joke. Not very of the, kind. I do have a joke of the week if you'd like it from Reading We'll do that Digest. at the end. We'll do- <laughs> right, we are. We will talk about your Reader's Digest obsession at some point in the future. They just do good jokes. But on, on, <laughs> I, apparently the Reader's Digest is still around. I didn't even know. It's online now. Yeah, exactly. It's um, like everything. Um, okay, so uh, the question of last week is, we're talking about, the question of the podcast this week is what, have you got planned for 2020, uh, 2021? Uh, last week it was... Uh, what's, what's the best thing that the happened, best to, you thing that happened to you in 2020 um, uh, Chris Haycock who's a friend of the show he's been on as a guest uh, runs a charity called Kitbag um, said he had a collaboration between my charity and the Dadgers of York and he did amazing work on that Tracy Dame said getting my puppy Bella Hazel Grace said getting to spend and again friend of the show I don't know if her interviews come up yet but it is spending more quality time with mum and actually being able to grow things in the garden judith hitchin said uh, mum, my mum was given the all clear from bed breast cancer that's amazing news um 
Mike Grizzly said spending loads of time with Isla during lockdown one when the weather was gorgeous and the fun was immense. I love that. Um, Sarah Robinson said, I invested in myself in 2020, went on loads of courses. Uh, Caroline Thompson went, the best thing for me was working from home. I really enjoyed working from home. I don't ever want to get on the tube again. <coughs> you, you missed one word. Jeremy. Jeremy. Jeremy, good word. I like that word. Uh, Katie uh, said, uh, the best bit about 2020 was family time and re realising who and what is important in my life. And we said that during lockdown, didn't we? We said um, uh, that uh, actually lockdown was a good opportunity to spend time with the peeps. With the, with the fam. With the fam. With the fam. Trev said... I. My number one uh, positive thing in 2020 was seeing my family and friends survive this awful year, and but having more time to spend in my hobby, now my ambition. Gloria Mol uh, Mol Molin said, spending meaningful time with husbands and kids. Uh, Lucy Patrick said, I had a daughter. Congratulations, Lucy. Um, that's amazing. Uh, Dave Forsdyke said, I survived. <laughs> Judy Bell said, uh, I joined Action, Action Coach in October as a business development manager. Uh, Justin uh, Gaffney said, best thing about 2020, he made it to 50. And the great news is Justin made it to 50 is still very cheeky. Mm -hmm. And I like the fact that age is no barrier to having a, having a little bit of sass. Or trick-or-treating. No, you shouldn't really trick-or-treat as an adult. But, uh, but anyway. Uh, Sharon I know Brower, it's illegal some places, but that is not here. Sharon Brower said, number one, I'll start my business. Uh, so that was her big thing. Fiona Mopurko said, being able to spend quality time with my 22-year-old. And um, uh, Sean Atten said, uh, I've liked the new way of working and I'm not away so much from home. And I loved listening to the birds sing during the first lockdown. Um, uh, Al McCann said finding the future Mrs Al I don't think that's her name um, <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to see um, uh, finding the future Mrs Mrs Al and getting engaged congratulations Al it's amazing news and, might be a bit late but <laughs> yeah and Alan Bowley said my wife um, got a kidney transplant um, and is on the road to recovery hopefully so that Clearly, there's loads of positive stuff going on in 2020. Yep. Um, uh, and hopefully loads more coming into 2021. Hopefully well, fingers we're crossed. already in 2021. Look, but... let's not pretend it was, wasn't a challenging year, but actually being grateful, looking at the positives, focusing on what you've actually got, um, has been a lot of those wins in 2020. Now, as a uh, committed Reader's Digest fan, can we have your... Um, uh, Reader's Digest joke of the week. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, if I. Uh, Whenever you're ready. Yeah, no, I accidentally. This closed, is a podcast. I so. accidentally closed the tab. I'm so sorry. And my Wi-Fi is just being a bit of a. So yeah, you've 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 talked about the Reader's Digest uh, joke of the week for ages, and yet you haven't got the. Oh no, you've got, got it. I got it. It, got it. it takes two seconds. Okay. <laughs> Sandwich walks into a bar and orders a beer. Bartender says, Sorry, we don't serve food here. See that? There's a bit of tumbleweed just going past. Them. No, all I see is your finger. <laughs> Thank you, Reader's Digest.
Thanks, listeners. Thanks for listening, listening, and we'll see you next Thank time. Thank you for, for digesting. <laughs> Reader. See you later. Listener, listener, Bye. Listener.